0: Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I am joined by author Jessica Leonard to discuss her latest novel, Conjuring the Witch, and books with supernatural horror. So welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: (laughs) I am excited to have you. Uh, I was just telling you before we recorded, I finished reading your book a few days ago and I loved it. I have a lot of feelings about it.
1: Ah, good. That's what we want is feelings. (laughs) It is a
0: book of feelings. Yeah. So for listeners who are not aware, can you tell them a bit about the book?
1: Yeah. So Conjuring the Witch is about Steve and Nicole Warby, and they are a couple that has moved to the small town of Lillan to kind of start life as farmers. This is Steve's dream to be a farmer. And uh, they join a little church, um, there that happens to be located at the edge of a very large acreage of woods. And as we come to find out uh, each week, the pastor of the church says there are witches in the woods and he's not being metaphorical. We realize as the book goes on. So Nicole Warby goes into the woods and she kind of comes out changed and it deals with the patriarchy and how religion can be used to oppress people, particularly women and how each woman shoulders that, and that you can become—you can become those things when they are forced on you. And I said particularly women, but all kind of minorities and oppressed yeah. peoples and LGBTQ, yeah. all those sorts of things. Um, it has a lot of supernatural elements, but also a lot of scary things that are very based in reality as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, as long-time listeners know I have a lot of feelings about. All those topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, were you raised religious?
1: So I was. I was raised kind of a religious light, I feel like. Um, it was a Protestant church, a, a Methodist church, and it was kind of bland. It was mm-hmm. not a fire and brimstone, de- devil, doom kind of church, um, mm-hmm. but it was still very... this is your place and this is your place. And we don't necessarily go out of those places. And I was raised in a small town. So you would see, you know, sometimes as social activities, for some reason, we would visit other, are your friends church this Sunday? And some of those would be very, you know, fire and brimstone. This is, you are going to hell and this is why you are going to hell and those sorts of things. So that was Awakening to me, like, whoa, there's a lot going on that I didn't realize.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I asked just because of the way the sermons are written. I can feel like when I read sermons written in books, I feel like I can tell when they were written by people who have heard sermons. There's like a very particular way, I think, that pastors dance around certain topics and like very careful wording that is used.
1: Mm-hmm. That I'm like,
0: yes, that is what it is. It's that.
1: 100%. Yeah, they're, and I guess there's the exception to the rule, you know, the, yeah. the big mega churches that'll just come right out and say whatever it is they want. But then there's also, it's a subtle manipulation, essentially, mm-hmm. that, yeah, and they've trained themselves to know, I can say this, and people will... Believe and follow me and accept, but if I went just a degree or two farther, then I might lose them. So you stick into this until they're like all on board. Yeah,
0: Yeah. because I was gonna say I was raised in like a fire brimstone fundamentalist church, but when we started going, it did not seem that way. That was not like the messaging we heard. It was not that blatant until we were like fully in and had integrated our whole lives, our whole social lives, into this church. And like the characters in your in your story and the and it's a small town it's like they're farmers what else is there to do that is their social life you see like so many times Nicole is like well is it Sunday I'm gonna go see people like I I baked this casserole like this is (laughs) when I see people
1: That was, and that was my experience too. It was every day of your week was, okay, is there a church thing happening? Because, Mm -hmm. okay, so it's, it's Wednesday, it's fellowship night. This is when we go, or this is children's church night. This is when we go to this. It was all those different things that that became your social calendar if you're a part of it, which is a little culty if you think about, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, not to like go back to me, but I do feel like the one I was raised in was like full on cult. Like I I went right. to like the church school. So I was there Monday through Friday, then Sunday, then like Saturday for evangelism, and then Wednesday night and then Thursday night activities. Like it was my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, when people use they throw around the word indoctrination a lot, and like that's what that is, you know?
0: <laughs> like yeah. I don't think
1: you get it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, and like they they preached against like doing stuff like having outside activities, you know, was like looked down upon and like, oh, you know, you should be here with us celebrating this and you'd be shamed. Like it's like, people don't understand like when they're not in it, the, yeah. <laughs> the hold that it has.
1: We had one preacher in particular, which the way that church is set up, like you you don't just have one and keep them. You kind of get a rotating staff every few years. But this one, um, he was very anti-Halloween. And I think I was in middle school at the time. And he was like, no, Halloween is of the devil and you're celebrating demons. And I was old enough to be like, "Mm, okay. And that year, um, I was really in my mind too old to dress up. But we dressed up anyway. And I was the devil, like on purpose to go around the town. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right on. Come on. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) I love that yeah but i don't know there was a lot i liked about this you know how it starts off with the woman's bible study on deborah with with listeners who are not raised in christianity she is um like a, a female prophetess a, a judge in the bible
1: yeah that's deborah is um so my my gra- i was raised by my grandmother um gave me a book about Deborah when I was pretty young. And Deborah's from the Old Testament, where it's mm-hmm. less likely to have yeah. a woman featured. And it's like, she was a leader and a she was a prophetess and all of those things. And she's like, look, this is what women can be. And I was like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> even from that perspective at a young age, it was very crazy to hear about Deborah. She's one of those people that stuck with me, even as like, if it's not obvious, I don't consider myself Christian now. But but even after the fact, I'm like, why don't people talk about Deborah? There's like an Old Testament badass woman in here that's completely ignored. So that was something I was kind of excited to bring to people who don't know about it.
0: Definitely. And I did. I loved the the women's Bible study and how they weren't just, you know, they were under this system. But I don't know if it's a spoiler to say like they do come together
1: yeah they do and that was something that was important to me because um raised in so i'm 40 Uh, so i was raised in like coming of age in the 90s and there was a lot of women were still young girls were pit against each other kind of you know we didn't fully get girl power yet and then as I got older and I realized like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. Like sisterhood is where it's fucking at, you know? <laughs> so I was very excited at, for myself in that realization. So I wanted my women to have that as well, to have that mm-hmm. like, look, whether we agree on everything or not, whether we're together on everything or not, we are coming together because we are women and we have this shared experience and shared bond together. I, yeah, I was happy for them for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was happy reading it. Um, yeah, so we decided to do an episode on supernatural horror. So as an author, what interests you about adding supernatural elements to your stories?
1: Um, it is fun, for one thing. It You know, um, there's a lot to be said for just straight reality and horror, but it's also very cool when you can add something that, you know, it can't happen in your everyday life. and if you ground it the right way you can still make your reader believe that it's something that is happening or could happen or whatever but it, it gets lets you bend the rules it lets you work time and space and put in some ghosts and some really weird stuff that's a lot of fun to play with
0: i mean especially like your protagonists don't know what they're dealing with and that adds a whole nother level of like some of the creepiest parts where at Steve and Nicole's house and like the things they think they saw are like women in the trees. I was like, Ooh, yikes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I joke that I kind of abused Steve Warby quite a bit in the book. Anytime anything really messed up is happening, it's happening to Steve. And <laughs> like, And Sorry, buddy. This is, this is what happens. This is what you get, I guess. But um, those were some of my favorite things to write. And while I was writing it, I didn't share it with anybody but I would get those scenes and I'd be like, okay, I have to tell someone. So I, I would like read just these little out of context things to my husband and be like, was that scary? Did that scare you? <laughs> but I, that it's a lot of fun to put that in there.
0: I'm sure. Well, one thing I like to do on the episodes is talk about movies that are also in that vein. So what are some of your favorite supernatural horror movies?
1: Okay. Yeah. I can start that. I have one that I, I don't know if it's, super known or not, but it's called I am a ghost. It's a 2012 film and it is literally told from the perspective of a ghost named Emily. And she is haunting the house that she lived in and is essentially doing the same things every day, like that residual haunting sort of way. Um, And a psychic is brought in to help rid the house of ghosts of Emily. And she sort of develops a therapist patient relationship with, um, with this clairvoyant this psychic that's brought in and she starts to realize you know things about her life or why she's stuck in this place and it's actually it's really frightening and there's some very bizarre moments in that but it is high recommend it's it's a very creepy movie if you can find that out there
0: i'll have to check that out i've never even heard of that
1: I can't remember where I heard of it, but it took me a while to find it. So, <laughs> But but it's definitely a really, it's worth your time. And it's a shorter one. It's a little over an hour. So. Okay. I like mm-hmm. my horror in that hour and a half range.
0: Oh, I think that's when it works best. Yeah. <laughs> um, a movie I wanted to bring up that I kind of gave me some similar vibes as Conjuring the Witch was The Dark and the Wicked. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen yeah. that on Shutter
1: i have that's a great one
0: it is a really good one and i feel like a lot of people outside of like horror circles like haven't really watched it or heard of it like that's not something that i feel like got a lot of mainstream attention i feel like if you're like plugged into horror twitter and you like have a shutter account you've seen it and you know about it but
1: yeah that that one is is really good i love the characters in there Mm -hmm. because they are they add a lot of depth to those characters. I feel like it's a really good one.
0: They do. And then there's the, the isolated rural setting Mm -hmm. and I don't know, a horror movie scare that always has me on the edge of my seat, like chewing my fingernails off is the like person chopping carrots and you know, they're going to chop a finger off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That gets me every time. And that's I I'm one of those people that like horror movies scare me and I'm not I'm not ashamed at all to be afraid by it. That's the point. But as soon as those cutting boards come out, I'm like, oh, God, here it comes. It's happening to me. (laughs)
0: Like I feel it with them.
1: Yeah, that is a Uh, 2021 film called She Will. I don't know if you've seen that.
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh my gosh. So after I watched it, I I saw it after I'd already written Conjuring the Witch and all of that. And towards the beginning, I was like, oh my God, this has very strong Jessica Leonard vibes. Like, I'm glad that my book's already coming out because it feels like, and it's not about what mine is about. It's about a woman, um, Alice Krieg is actually the actress in it. And she's playing an older film star who's had a double mastectomy. And she goes to a wellness retreat in like rural Scotland. And while she's there, she learns about how witches were burned on that land. And she kind of harnesses this great power rooted in revenge. And it, it's beautifully shot. You should watch it just for the cinematography, if nothing else, because it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, but it's also a really powerful story about how she, she is now viewing her body as changed how she's viewing the world as changed and moving on from what she wants new and there's a lot of really deep beautiful things in there that are horrifying and wonderful all at the same time so
0: i will have to check that out i'm getting a lot of movie recommendations this episode
1: <laughs> i love that i i try
0: sometimes um <laughs> uh. I wanted to add Paranormal Activity. I know the horror community is super divided on how they feel about it as a franchise, but I will say it scared the absolute daylight out of me when I saw it.
1: I Controversial, maybe. The first one did not really do it for me, but I thought the second one was really good. The second one is good. I was going to binge like go through all of them because I get in those moods where it's like okay I'm going to watch every Scream movie I'm going to watch yeah. every Paranormal Activity movie I do that and <laughs> <laughs> and so I watched the first one and I was like eh, I don't know there was a lot of dead space and maybe I wasn't mm-hmm. in the right mood or something but it didn't hit me right but that second one really did so but I'm a big fan of sequels and thirds and all that kind of stuff and franchises so I can recommend the second one <laughs>
0: i feel i haven't re-watched them in a minute i feel like it's a strong like first three yeah and then i don't remember the fourth one because usually i will say i'm usually a strong defender for like the fourth entry in a franchise is usually pretty damn good
1: yeah it, it gets that way absolutely some later stuff can because it can go off the walls at that point the rules are gone
0: it's great <laughs> yeah or it's like a a return because like I'm thinking like Halloween 4, I stand by Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I stand by Scream 4. Oh,
1: okay. Scream 4, I'm with you. Halloween 4. No, wait. Okay. Halloween 4 is good. Sorry, I had to get my bearings for a second. (laughs) Halloween 5, I've made a stance. I will never watch it again.
0: I I couldn't make it through. I've never finished it because I stopped like (laughs) a few minutes into it. I'm like, I don't.
1: Halloween is my favorite slasher franchise oh yeah and my son he's 14 so we had gotten to like okay it's time to really get into the slashers because that's fun for a for a teen and I rewatched again five with him and I was like I am never doing this to myself again (laughs) this is so bad so when you said four I was like uh, I almost had like a
0: you're like I can't let you get through this I'm sorry (laughs)
1: No, 4 was okay. 4 was yeah. good. 6 is actually my favorite, but Okay. That's, yeah, that's okay. How
0: do you feel about the the new trilogy?
1: Uh, mixed feelings. I thought the first one was pretty good. I thought it was mm-hmm. a nice return to to the things I liked. How we had kind of flipped the characters. So, Lori was the um Lori was almost playing the role of Michael in that first return, you know, the Tables were turned. She was the one going after him. Um, the second one was god awful. I don't ever want to do that again. And I thought the third one actually had some fun ideas. I, I don't mind. I don't mind when things deviate from what we've thought. So I, I kind of enjoyed the change, but <laughs> I also didn't enjoy the end. So that's <laughs> hit you. hit and miss for me on that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I also really liked 2018 and then uh, Diminishing Returns with Kills right. and, and Ends. I have not rewatched Ends. I think I, I only watched it once and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then someone said it's better on the rewatch, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, and maybe. I, I haven't done a rewatch on it either. <laughs> it's too fresh. But I actually haven't revisited H2O mm-hmm. in probably since h2o oh wow but <laughs> so i i kind of need to do that one again because i can't call myself the halloween you know whatever it is i call myself that if i don't know that one as well but
0: mm. yeah you have to have all the the movies fresh so you can always have a fresh ranking uh,
1: fresh take all the time yeah
0: <laughs> I also had sinister on here
1: yeah sinister su- Okay, so the first time I watched it, I didn't enjoy it. And it was a me problem, I recognize now, because everybody was like, this movie is amazing. Like, it consistently was popping up on people's top lists, all that stuff. And so I was like, okay, clearly I'm the problem. So I I did a rewatch on that, and I was like, oh, no, this is really good. (laughs) Like, it's very creepy and very, I love the, well, the snuff." films in there like it's very realistic feeling when it's happening it has that oh reality gosh. base that just ooh, like okay yeah that could happen to me and I don't like it
0: did you watch it in theaters or what was your no. first experience first watching it
1: it was the at home yeah. I watched it at home the first time so gotcha. um <laughs>
0: I watched it in college and I went to like a fundy Christian college. We were not allowed to watch like movies or like, so it was already like I was breaking rules. So I was like hiding, watching this like with headphones on a forbidden laptop, like worried someone was going to come in. So it was a stressful experience like all
1: around. That's one of those things. Sometimes when you see it in the right environment or at the right time in your life, completely different experiences. (laughs) And I love that. That's one of the things that about horror movies that's very fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, so very scary under those circumstances.
1: Oh, yeah, I can imagine.
0: And then I had The Ring on here, too. I love oh. The Ring. Me, too.
1: I, I I don't even know what to say. That's, like, one of the highest of the high movies for me in that everything about The Ring is amazing. I did see that one in the theater when it oh, came yeah? out. Yeah, yeah. I love love that movie. <laughs>
0: I feel like I've told this story before, but I watched it at my aunt and uncle's house and I was like babysitting um that day and it scared me. I watched it in the middle of the day and it scared me and it was like July 4th weekend um and I was spending the night and I was in the the boys room and they had like glow sticks out and one of them was like clicked into itself so it was like a glowing ring on the floor. And I was like psyching myself up. I'm like, oh, my God, I am going to die in seven days.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the running joke of my life is every time something like weird happens or the TV or whatever. Oh, my gosh. I watched um, Skinner Rink real recently. And after it was over, I don't know if you've seen it, but I was like, Am I gonna die in seven days? Is that what's gonna happen? Like, what have <laughs> I just seen?
0: <laughs> That's when you know it's a good horror movie, when you're like, can I be safe?
1: No. Right. Is something gonna happen? Did something come out? I have been like that. I'm very susceptible to horror. Um, when I was a kid, I would watch Unsolved Mysteries. And anytime there was, like, a kidnapper or whatever, and he's still on the loose, I was like, well, he knows that I've seen this. He knows what I yeah. look like. He knows I know what he looks like. He's going to come and get me now. Oh, and, yeah. and, but I still have
0: that. <laughs> oh, I still have that, too, that um, we were in America's Most Wanted family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how they have to introduce every segment. They're, like in a quiet town where nothing bad ever happens like the morning of June like 17th this family woke up to tragedy and I'm like that's us we live in a quiet town it's gonna happen here they said so like we're gonna wake up to tragedy yeah anxiety spirals
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely I feel that 100%
0: This episode is brought to you by Fangoria, the world's best horror and cult film magazine since 1979. Listeners can use code books in the freezer to get 20% off their order. That includes, of course, merchandise and first time subscriptions and single issues of the magazine. Not only are there tons of articles and interviews about upcoming horror movies, there's a regular segment by Stephen Graham Jones all about slashers called Slasher Nation. So you're going to want a copy. So again, that is code books in the freezer. And thank you, Fangoria, for supporting the show. Well, should we pivot into some books?
1: Yeah, let's pivot to some books. Very exciting.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I had so much trouble coming up with the books I wanted to pick because I was like, I don't want to go with things that I know everybody's read or that I know have already been on the podcast 15 times. So there was so many things that I was like, okay, this has already been on the show. I'm not going to talk about this one, but, um, but I did pick one that was kind of a classic um, ghost story by Peter Straub. Um, But I, I recommend it so much. And it's, about if you haven't read it it is about four old guys who meet and tell each other ghost stories which is you know a great premise by itself i love would love to be in that club one day um but more so it's about some horrifying things that they did when they were younger and how those are coming back to haunt them now and for me it's very much tied to a time and place in my life where i was when i read it which so many of my favorite things are um, albums or whatever, I hear it and I'm like, Oh, I'm back to this place. And so, um, it feels just like terrible and nostalgic and so scary to me every time I think about it. So I, that's one of my supernatural favorites, I think. And
0: when did you read it first or like, when is the um, place it's taking you back to?
1: So it's, <laughs> I'm going to be dark for a minute, but it's all fine. But when I was a sophomore in high school, um, my grandfather died. Um, oh. And so it's fine. It was a while. But anyway, I, like I said before, I was raised by my grandparents. So that was like, you know, my father dying, essentially. And in the ICU waiting room, there was a lot of time being there. And I read that book during that time. Oh, wow. so, it's, so it's not necessarily like happy memories, but... I don't know. It's a very powerful memory and yeah. it's connected to that. And I think part of the fear and anxiety around those moments for me um, heightened the book. So yeah. sometimes when people are like, mm, I didn't get it. I did, I thought it was kind of a slog. I hear that a lot for this book. Um, but for me, none of it was, it was just like fully immersed in horror for me. So
0: Oh, and you've reread it since then? You've oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I have. Where would you rate it?
1: Um, oh, I would put it in the freezer. Right. I, I am scared to death of that book. <laughs> like every, <laughs> every time I pull it out, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's good stuff.
0: I love that. Okay. My first pick is one I read pretty recently, and I don't think it's out until later this year. So apologies for that. But I just felt like it fit this episode. That is The September House by Carissa Orlando. And this is about a woman named Margaret and her husband, Hal, who buy this large Victorian house that's for sale at just a very crazy price. Like, they have to buy this house. And if you read horror, you know where this is going. Right. (laughs) Right. you know they move in then they discover the hauntings like every September the walls drip blood um and then there's just like screaming ghosts appear um and everyone the ghosts are terrified of something that lurks in the basement so most people would get the heck out of there but Margaret is not most people and she's like no I love these hardwood floors and these (laughs) original fixtures (laughs) I can deal with this
1: man I relate to Margaret already
0: (laughs) I have made friends with the ghosts like I get the the rules the one ghost I just have to go like find his mother's bones and like lay her to rest and I get peace for a few weeks you know like you just get used to like
1: man <laughs> I'm in love with this already. I am very excited to put that in my TBR pile because that, yeah, I can relate to that. I would be like, "Mm, I put in a little too much work on this one. This is my house. I will dig up those bones if I have to.
0: (laughs) But her husband does not uh, feel the same way. And after four years, he cannot take it anymore. And when the novel starts, you see that Margaret is dodging calls from her daughter asking to know where her father is. And she's like, oh. What is that? Oh, he's busy. He can't come to the phone right now. (laughs) And as the story gets further, you kind of get into like what's happening. Margaret's daughter like insists on coming out and she's like, oh, no, it's September. This is the wall stripping blood time and this is going to be rough. And it's just like their interactions and her as a character, as a story, like it's just so weird. And I read this on a whim like I was at my hairdresser. And I had brought my, my phone and I was trying to get files to open on my Kindle and like the Wi-Fi wasn't working. So like they weren't opening, but this one did. And I started reading it and I'm like, this is so weird. I'm obsessed with how weird this is.
1: I I love that. I can't wait to, for that to come out. That sounds great. It is. And I mean, there
0: was, there was a lot there, um, Like, Margaret and Hal had, like, uh, Hal was very abusive to Margaret. And so you kind of see that she knows how to live in a situation that's not ideal and kind of tiptoe and figure out how to exist in a situation that could become violent, which is why she is able to live in this house and, like, learn what keeps her safe, learn the rules of living there, if that makes sense. Like, it was very interesting. But Hal never had to do that because he was the abuser and suddenly like that was switched and he had no control. Like, I don't know. It was very interesting. Like I, I
1: I like that a lot. That's very
0: cool. So I would say this is a fridge should probably have checked when it's coming out from Berkeley, but sometime later this year, (laughs) that is the September house by Carissa Orlando. Very cool.
1: Um, my second one that I picked was haunt by Laura Lee Barr. Um, Haunt is mainly in second person, which by itself I think is a very bold choice, um, but it really works here. Some of it is in third, depending on which chapter or character oh. you're along with. So it kind of gives you those different different moments, but it's a ghost story and it's a mystery and it's a ghost romance story and it's all these different things pushed together. It <clears throat> pushes boundaries, I think, in a way that works really really well and so very often I find things that push boundaries are like oh you just do that for the sake of it this is not doing that this is doing this for a really great purpose it has kind of a choose your own adventure style at moments where you're not actually going to flip to page whatever but it gives you like these two like would you do this or would you do that And then the decision is made for you on the next page, but it kind of shows you those options that were there for you and you just chose not to take that path. Um, But it's about a you (laughs) and you are sort of researching the suicide of a woman who died in an apartment who is also maybe haunting that apartment. Okay, So it, it is a very very unique book, very exciting. It's a quick read. Um, I, I really recommend it a lot. It's been out for a while. It's an older book, but older in quotes, I don't know what that even means anymore, no. but, uh, <laughs> but I, I really strongly recommend picking up haunt by Laura Lee Barr. Um, if you want to see something a little bit experimental, mm. um, and a little ghosty.
0: I do. I am not familiar with this. This is going straight to the TBR. I nice. love, I, I I do love experimental stuff. Even when it's like, I'm just doing this to do it. I'm like, I know. And I love it.
1: Excellent. Okay, good.
0: I'm so glad.
1: <laughs> so that's one of those, you know, you, you find people like, mm, I just want a story. And it's like, okay, I get that. But try this other thing, though, because yeah. it's going to blow your mind a little bit. <laughs>
0: My next pick is a book that came out earlier this year. It's the 13th episode by Craig DeLui. I think it came out in January. Um, This is about a film crew that... um, they film a paranormal like ghost hunting show called fade to black and they're up and coming. They're a whole crew, but the main stars of the show are like a husband and wife team where like the husband is a believer and the wife is a scientist and she's the skeptic. So it's kind of playing on like those, you know,
1: the Mulder and Scully. Yeah.
0: I was going to say Sculler and Muldy and like it was in my (laughs) head and my, I was like on the tip of my tongue and I'm like, that's not it. Get it right. (laughs)
1: That's what I'm here for. I got you.
0: <laughs> um, and they want to do something memorable for their thirteenth episode, so they go to this place called the Foundation House, which was like a found like a foundation for like paranormal research. That um, something happened there, but it's about to get bulldozed over to make room for a resort that they're going to build there. So this is kind of like their one shot to do this and get like high ratings. This is written kind of found footage style where you get like talking heads from each of the cast members and like journal entries. And I think if you're a found footage fan, it really works. Um, You have to suspend your disbelief, like in these situations, like, yes, the stakes are really high and someone is taking the time to write a journal entry, like just go with it. Okay, this is just like where the story is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I had a lot of fun with this. Like it gave me what i wanted out of that premise like when you tell me like ghost hunting show is staying at this like really haunted location and things go haywire um it gave me exactly that you get to know all of the characters like i think craig de character work is really good in like every novel i've read by him so i liked that aspect of it and yeah i just think if you're like a found footage like supernatural you want like a ghost hunting show book this is that that is uh rating wise where would i put this i would say this is between fridge and freezer there was some like really creepy moments that's
1: good that sounds like a lot of fun (laughs) i'm excited to look at that
0: (laughs) that is the 13th episode by craig de okay and
1: then my my third pick i have is all things cease to appear by elizabeth elizabeth brundage and this one is barely supernatural so I'm really kind of stretching here but there is a ghost um but it it's very grounded in reality it starts with a murder essentially um like page one we've murdered a woman and then and then into that house a new couple moves in and you know things are awry things are not good with that um but there is also a ghost in the house and the ghost is very side character, but the moments that we see the ghost and the moments that the ghost is there are incredibly chilling and very like a light bulb goes off in your head. Kind of like, there's a ghost. There really (laughs) is a ghost. You know, it's really, really fun. Fun's probably not the right word, but for me, it was. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) she does a really amazing job of, taking her characters are very alive they all have their own quirks and their own little things about them that don't necessarily have to be in the book but I'm so glad they are because that's something I love is to know um, that this character loves to have a snack of tangerines and whiskey on a Wednesday afternoon or whatever you know those Mm -hmm. weird little things about people is so fun to me so uh she gives a lot of that but it's also pretty chilling i would put this one in the fridge i think um it doesn't it didn't make me hide under my covers but i enjoyed every moment and there were some pretty scary things happening in there um but it's a murder mystery slash murder might occur story with a little twist of a ghost in there so that was All Things Cease to Appear, Elizabeth Brundage.
0: I'm trying to think if I'm familiar with that. I feel like the title sounds familiar, but I can't picture the cover. But it sounds very interesting.
1: I will say that probably, close. I don't know what year it came out, but close to when it came out, I think Stephen King gave it a little bit of Uh a, hey, you should read this. Um, I'm pretty sure she got the... (laughs) the cherished Stephen King nod on this one. Cause I think that's what put it on my radar. And I was shocked when I read it because I was like, this is not what I thought okay. he was telling me to read. It's a very nuanced, honestly, it's some, um, if, if I were going to think about Stephen King, it, it's, it's a, um, what I consider some of his best work is, is where he's really character driven. And mm-hmm. this is very character driven. So. All right.
0: I will have to check that out. All right. My last pick is one that I've mentioned a few times, but I felt like it just fit this. So I, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> that is The Last Days of Jack Sparks by Jason Arnopp. Have you read this one?
1: Yeah, I have. I have. A great one.
0: Yeah, I really like this one. Uh, so this is about Jack Sparks, and he is a... Investigative journalist, author, provocateur, like internet personality, and he is researching this book on the occult. As you're reading this book, you know that he died doing this project, and what you're reading is a posthumous manuscript. And so, like, while you're reading it, there will be like little edits and then like little chapters that are like inserts from the editor, which kind of adds to this feeling that like you are reading. Uh, this posthumous manuscript. I, this book creeped me out. And it is one of those things like where you were, like what were your surroundings when you were reading this? I was working as an overnight baker and I was like the only person in that bakery, like looking out at this like empty parking lot, reading about these like creepy ghosts and like hauntings. Mm -hmm. And it really got under my skin. So the memories I have of reading this book are that it absolutely terrified me. Like, Like the chain of events of this, starts off when jack sparks is watching an exorcism at the vatican and he makes some like snarky remark and like gets the attention of the ghost and things go downhill from there and just like a bunch of creepy stuff happens like someone hacks his youtube account and uploads this like weird two minute video that's just like weird dark footage and he has no idea where it came from or like who did this or who hacked his account so it's a lot of stuff like that I had a lot of fun with this book I will say the number one criticism this book gets is that Jack Sparks is an unlikable character and I'm telling you he is this is he is an asshole and that is part of the story (laughs) and who he is (laughs) so you need to know that going in is that he is awful he yeah. is awful as a persona. He is awful to the people around him. He makes awful decisions.
1: I like
0: that. I do too. <laughs> I I love an unlikable character. So, like Very recently, I read a book and I'm like, I love this. And I looked at the reviews and they're like, this woman was so pretentious and awful. And I'm like, and that was the charm.
1: In conjuring the witch when I was writing it I was like I feel like a lot of these people are incredibly unlikable but to me they're my darlings you know. <laughs> but but yeah that that's part of the charm. It's like yeah. when you read um I don't know if you've read House of Leaves. Yeah. Um, no no one there is likable. There's no likable people there but uh, very similar to the book you're talking about they both gave me that feeling of like something is right behind me and about to bite me or get me or grab me. And yeah, if a book can actually give me that feeling, that's a plus. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. And I think that's why this has always been so high on my list was because it gave me that. Like I yeah. was genuinely unnerved so many times reading this book. Um, so yeah, for me, Freezer, that is for the last sure. days of Jack Sparks by Jason Arnott. Well, One of the traditions we have on this podcast is to ask our guests for a chilling obsession or something they've been enjoying in horror lately.
1: Okay. Yeah. So my chilling obsession right now is um, Benson Moorhead movies, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Um, Pretty much every movie they're putting out, the most recent being something in the dirt um, and then, but also spring resolution, the endless, all amazing um, I actually spent a day because I'm a giant nerd um, watching kind of all of those movies back to back to see the connections that are between them and the common themes and the little Easter eggs that they put in there or just the same characters that they put in there. Um, so well worth your time if you are also a giant nerd, but they combine science and supernatural, which I really love because... Mm-hmm there's this idea that supernatural things are just science what science can't explain yet but then to turn that around would be to mean that science is just supernatural things with an explanation so i think that that's very fun and they're they're very smart character-driven things spring i watch every valentine's day because i think it's a romance movie because it is but uh, <laughs> so that is kind of my obsession right now
0: are those movies Wow, i okay when you said those names i'm like i know those names i know those names like what have they done so i've only watched the endless i absolutely loved it and then listened to a podcast and was like oh this is connected to other movies and i was like what and then i forgot to look into what those movies were so i will be on the hunt for that now
1: (laughs) Oh, 100% absolutely you have to because <laughs> it, it is a world that is, I don't know, it, it's just really fun and they are, you know, they're writing, directing, doing the cinematography so that makes it really pure, I think. It's mm-hmm. not being polluted by other people's ideas and stuff so it yeah. makes it like special. You can feel yeah. that it's passion projects in there.
0: I love that. Okay. I'm going to have to look into that. Um, my Chilling Obsession is a horror movie podcast I discovered. Uh, there's years worth of episodes here,
1: but you found them.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> but I did. It was random number generator horror podcast number nine. Okay. Which did you ever listen to? Welcome to Night Vale, or like any of those podcasts? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, Jeffrey Craner and Cecil Baldwin's like horror podcast and the fun thing about it is like at the end they have like two categories so like okay we're gonna pick our next movie like if I roll a one it's got to be a witch movie you know if I roll a two it's got to be a vampire movie and then the second die is like a style die so it'll be like decades or like type of movie and you know they mix the two together and have to pick their next movie that they're doing the episode on so I love that. yeah it was fun and just I listened to so much like Welcome to Night Vale. So just hearing the voices that I know in like a different context being casual and talking about horror movies that they love was just such a trip. And it's been it's been fun. Um, I discovered it the way I discover like most horror movie podcasts is like I watch a movie and then I want to hear people talk about it because no one in my real life likes horror movies. So I'm like, I need to hear other people have discussions that I wish I could be a part of. Yes. (laughs) And so I like type it into Spotify and I was like, oh, I guess I'll download this. And then I fell in love and went through the backlist. I'm still making my way through the backlist. (laughs)
1: That is very cool. So
0: that is Random Number Generator Horror Podcast Number Nine. All right. And as you know, the second tradition on this podcast is to ask our guests for a final girl song. So what is your jam?
1: Okay. I told you, I gave this a whole lot of thought, but I am choosing a song that was kind of influential to me for Conjuring the Witch. So we're going in that direction, but it is Hurricane by Lisa Loeb and if you know lisa loeb at all it's off of the nine tales cd um that has the classic stay on it as well um but yeah hurricane is gonna be my pick for that one by lisa loeb
0: okay i am adding that to the playlist i will say i actually don't know much about lisa loeb but i listened to that um audiobook i don't know if you saw that like 90s bitch like um No, it's a nonfiction book. So it's got a whole subtitle. Let me make sure I get it right.
1: This 90s bitch,
0: 90s bitch, media culture and the failed promise of gender equality. Oh, Uh, yeah.
1: My heart. You just (laughs) you just named my soul. Okay, ready?
0: (laughs) Oh, it was it was wonderful. But they did talk about Lisa Loeb and the way that she was interviewed and covered and Talked about it. I was like, I'm mad for her, and I was like, I actually don't know who she is. Let me look at a picture of her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she's iconic. She's yeah, of my glasses. You know, well, that's the
0: thing. It's like everything about her was like she's wearing these glasses. Are they real glasses? Did she bring nerdy chic back?
1: So that album, Nine Stories, is so that again. That's another place in time for me. I bought it. I was in I think seventh grade, and it it was poetry like it's poetry and it's rock and roll and it's very cool and i just i love everything about that album but that i actually stole um a line from that song hurricane for the book so.
0: (laughs) so it was definitely meant to be your final girl song
1: it was yeah
0: all right well i will be adding it to the playlist. Thank you. Well, Conjuring the Witch is available now. If you want to go get on that, listeners, you should. It's out from Ghoulish Books. And thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about uh, supernatural horror.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really had a good time.
0: <laughs> oh, and I forgot where can people find you online?
1: Oh, um mainly on Twitter. You can just look for Jessica Leonard, and I will be there.
0: Well, thank you again. <laughs> Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod or on Instagram and TikTok at Books in the Freezer or send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, there are a few ways to do that. One of them is to leave a review on a site like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It only takes a few minutes. You don't have to write a lot. Uh, I think in most cases you don't have to write anything, but you know, it's always appreciated. You can check the show notes for this episode and all previous episodes at booksinthefreezer.com, which will give you a list of books that were mentioned in this episode, as well as links to other ways to support the show, including affiliate links and links to Patreon and merch. So if all that sounds interesting to you, check that out at booksinthefreezer.com. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at lady underscore ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at that's what she read. And that's that's with two A's. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer.